Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. I, I ministered this message a while back in which we talked about going back to the future. And, and I, I think what happens to a lot of people is that they, they, they get futuristic in their thinking, but then they get caught up in the circumstance. Now, the, the, the problem getting caught up in the circumstance is the circumstance never, ever stays the way that you see it. It's hard to make decisions on a circumstance, and that's where the enemy wants us to do. Jesus had fasted for 40 days. Satan came to him and wanted him to make decisions based upon the circumstance. Well, some of you are going to get this in a minute. And the enemy, when you, when you are not getting everything you want, when things are not going your way, it's easy for the enemy to get you to make dumb decisions based on the circumstance rather than seeing where the future is taking us. And we have to understand something that our God is a, is a futuristic God. And I, I want to challenge you on that this morning because I'm seeing in our system today, everything is based upon what's going on in, 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 in this system here. We see what, what's going on around our country. We, we see what, what's going on in our government. We see what's going on in our, our the, the, the social injustices that are out there. We see what's going on in the gender uh, misunderstanding. You know, I always love when people go, well, I, I, I know I was born a, a boy, but I feel like I'm a girl. Great. Sometimes I feel stupid. That doesn't make me stupid either. <laughs> you, you know. It's fascinating with me how people think your feelings dictate. Feelings don't dictate. Feelings change. And, but we've gotten caught up in the world system to where the church has allowed circumstances to dictate to us. We've allowed the, the COVID situation to dictate to us. We've allowed politics to dictate to us. We've allowed the color of a person's skin to dictate to us. We, we, we've just gotten so caught up. And I'm talking about the church now. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about the church. We don't act like the church anymore because we begin to act like the world system. And, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, until we become kingdom-minded and futuristic in our thoughts, we're in trouble because my life has nothing to do with where I've been or even where I am. It's where I'm going. And it's important we understand that as a church that we're changed from glory to glory. Thank God. Amen. I mean, I, I, sometimes I have to shake myself, so to speak. I feel, you, you know, it's almost like, you know, you wake up in the morning and shake myself and kind of slap myself in the face, kind of like you would have had a V8. You know what I mean? J just to remind myself that this is not where I'm going. This is not where I'm staying. This is not what life is all about. God says, my thoughts towards you are good thoughts. God's got some great things planned. Do not allow the enemy to get you caught up in the natural sense of things. It's real important we get a hold of that. Okay? And as we get into this message today, I want us to begin to think about what lies ahead of us. Now, let me give you a quick hint, and I'm not preaching yet. I'm just sharing with you right now. Stirring you up a little bit. What are your dreams? Or what were your dreams? It's so easy 
to have had dreams and because of circumstances, we forget them and we walk away from them. It's amazing, isn't it? I'm asking you today, before I even get into the message, what are your dreams? I've got dreams in my life right now that I had when I was a little kid that are just now beginning to come to pass. That's almost frightening. But they're beginning to come to pass now. What are your dreams? Have you looked at them lately? Have you taken time to examine yourself as to what you know that was in your heart? I don't know how to tell you this. God doesn't change. We do. Amen? Because once God sets something in motion, he doesn't give you a dream that he changes. He changes you to accommodate the dream. But you've got to let him change you. And you can't change you if you stay hung up on the natural or on the, on the, on the central part of your life or where you are in the moment. I have a real hard time. I, I used to be around people, and I, I used to say this too. I used to say, let's create some moments. I don't want any moments. I want a future. Moments get you captured. <laughs> future keeps you moving. Glory to God. Come on, folks. Let's get a hold of that thing. Isaiah 43, 18 through 20 says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, and it shall spring forth, shall you not know it. It, it. I will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in your desert. Philippians 3.13, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I wrote this down as a thought to consider. If I believe in Jesus, but I, not, but I do not believe his word, then my belief is not credible. If I believe in Jesus, but I do not believe his word, then my belief is not credible. If I do not believe in what one says, I cannot believe in who they say they are. Got a lot of people saying Jesus, but we don't live it because we don't believe it. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank God. God said, I'm the Lord God, and I will not change. So as we look at this, we, got, we have to begin to see some things. The world system's been working since the beginning of time to discredit God through the failure of man. Genesis chapter 3, we have an incredible story where Adam and Eve, they failed God. And what the enemy wants us to do is because of man's failure is that we say that God really doesn't care. Man's failure has nothing to do with who God is. It's important we get a hold of that. And the enemy is always trying to, to bring that into our lives. And let me say this to you. Your failure does not identify your God. Your failure. Look at the person next to you and say, thank God. Look at him again and say, you know what I'm talking about. Because some of you know exactly about the failure of the person next to you. Think about it. But it doesn't identify me. My God identifies me. My failure does not. Aren't you so happy about that? God forgives you. God 
restores you. God puts your feet back on the rock to stand and to move forward. God does not take back what he's promised you because you messed up. I want y'all to get, folks, come on now. We're going to the future on this, but you can't get to the future if you don't identify who your God is. Satan's tried to destroy man's identity. He's tried to destroy our witness for God. He's always bringing temptation to us, as we talked about, when he came to Jesus. And he tempts Jesus as he tempted Adam and Eve. He tempted him to be disobedient. And he tried to tempt Jesus to be disobedient. I'm not going to get into that because the new year, we're going to be getting into the message for the new year. And I'm not going to get into that. But I will tell you this, that, that if you don't have ownership, you don't have any, have, you don't have any reason to possess something. Because if you possess something that you don't have ownership of, it can be taken away. I am going to say this. It's going to be New Year's, y'all. When y'all hear it, y'all know, but it's one little thought. My son's going to hate it. I don't care. He's in Disney anyway. <laughs> don't preach the word of the Lord. First man, Adam, failed. He gave up ownership of the earth which God had given to man, to Satan. And Satan's the God of this world. Satan comes to Jesus, <laughs> takes him up and shows him the kingdoms of this world. And Jesus turns him down because you don't live by bread alone, but by every word proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord. But you need to understand why Jesus turned him down. Because Jesus knew Satan still owned the kingdoms. And he couldn't have ownership. He could only have possession because Satan was going to give him possession, not ownership. Oh, God. But Jesus knew. Oh, here we go. Jesus knew in the future. He was going to a cross. And he was going to pay a price that nobody could pay. He was buying it all back. I said he was buying it all back. And he knew when he came out of the grave, he could now take back ownership. And because he took back ownership, we now can take possession. Now listen, there's a lot more to this New Year's Eve. I can't go any further. I'll be getting a phone call. I bet he's watching right now. But I want you all to get this in your spirit right now. Your future is not based upon what you possess. It's based upon what you own. God, I could go and I can't do that. That's New Year's. <laughs> he tempted Adam and Eve. He comes after Cain. He come after Cain and Abel with what jealousy and anger. Jealousy and anger. The Tower of Babel. He challenged them with the pride that we will exalt ourselves with God. With Noah, he he challenged with evil thoughts. It's amazing when you look at this. 
When you, when you look at the kingdoms of this world, it, it's based upon the fact that Satan could not let go of what? So he had to be taken from him. Jesus had to take the keys of death and hell from him. See, Jesus had to take possession back from the earth and give it back to man. All authority in heaven and earth has now been given unto man. Man's future can only be found in God's plan. If you're going to take notes, write this down. Keys to getting back to the future God has for us. Number one, you've got to walk by faith. Faith is not about a moment in time, but it's about a movement. Faith is not about a moment in time, it's about a movement. My faith has nothing to do with where I'm standing. It has everything to do with where I'm going. I'm so tired of people talking about their faith and they're sitting on their do-nothing, doing nothing. We as a church have got to be constantly moving. We've got to be constantly witnessing. We've got to be constantly loving. We've got to be constantly giving. We are blessed to be a blessing. It's a mindset that God has placed in us. If I'm who Jesus said that I am and I believe his word, then I've got to begin to live the way I say I believe. And the church has allowed the world system to shut us down. And it's time we shook ourselves, we stood back up and said, enough is enough. I'm going to change the world in which I live because I am who God said that I am. <laughs> Hope is one of the keys back to your future. It's not about circumstance. It's about possibilities. You get around people that they don't have any hope in their life about anything. I learned a long time ago about something in my life. If there's something that bothers me in my life that I don't like, then that is my assignment to bring about change. What we do in the church is we take it as an assignment to leave. Well, I'm leaving. They're not doing what I want anyway, so I'm, I'm out of here. Preacher didn't say what I wanted him to say. I'm out of here. They sang the wrong song. I'm out of here. It's so easy to lose your hope. Hope is ex favorable expectation. If you can possess the future, you have to realize that when there is something gone wrong, it's your assignment to fix it. Well, I don't know. The greeters at the door didn't greet me. Why don't you be a greeter? Ooh. We need to pray more. I'll see you at 6 o'clock on Tuesday morning. Oh, I love it. We got singers who don't sing, teachers who don't teach, people who are socially gifted that refuse to greet anybody because we, we come to church to be ministered to. Oh, man, did you feel that? No, I don't come to church to be ministered to. I come to church to be taught so I can be a minister. Church is not about me being ministered to. Church is about me as a... Now, and I'm, I'm talking to members. I'm not talking to visitors. Visitors come to be ministered to because they've never been. But members of a church, they don't come to be ministered to. They come to be taught so they can minister. When I leave the church, I go out to do something for God. I don't go out and talk about what's wrong. I have possibilities. Come on, tell somebody, say, you got possibilities. Let, 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 me, let me help you with that. Anything 
that is going sideways in your life, that means that's your possibility because you're the one to change it. Isn't that amazing? It's my possibility. You don't see it, but I do. Consequently, rather than talk to you about it, let me just fix it. Wow. I thank God that every day of my life, I have possibilities that are available to me. And I live my life with a favorable expectation. Even, and I have to remind myself, listen, there are times I have to bring myself, bring my body into subjection. There are times I have to tear down imaginations. There are times I have to get alone in the, in the room and close the door because nobody wants to hear what I got to say. Including me. Because I have got to get my focus back on what are the possibilities ahead of me. Number three, love. Love is a key to the future. Love is not about others, but it's about ourselves. I'm just messing somebody up on that one. Love the Lord thy God with all the heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Turn to the person next to you and say, I've got to learn to love me. Well, we, we don't like that, do we? I love me. Oh, come on, just tell a person and say, I love me. That's hard for some of you, isn't it? You know why? Because you don't love yourself. You know why you don't love yourself? Because you've allowed the moments to define your identity rather than the God of the future defining your identity. Watch this now. Number four, forgiveness. Forgiveness is not about weakness, but it's about strength. When I can forgive, then I'm walking in the power of the kingdom of God. Jesus could hang on a cross and say, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they do. They got a spear in my side, a thorns on my head. They, they beat me to where I no longer look human. I'm going to die on this cross. They gave me vinegar instead of water. Forgive them. Whew. Number five, trust. Trust is not a... Oh, I'm going to mess somebody up now. Trust... Is not about fellowship, it's about relationship. I am so fellowshiped out with the body of Christ. <laughs> fellowship means nothing. It's the fact that you just sit around and smile and talk about nothing. We're having fellowship. Okay, what comes out of this fellowship? I want to, you know what a relationship is? It means that I bring value to you and you bring value to me. That's relationship. Fellowship brings no value. All it does is put a Band-Aid on the moment. Yep. Boy, we're getting quiet all of a sudden around here, aren't we? Hey, I'm not getting any amens, but I'm, you're listening at least. Favor. You've got to have favor. Not about acceptance, but about success. I don't need acceptance. I need success in my life. I'm accepted by God. If I try and get acceptance, then I'm always behind the eight ball because I'm always trying to get, do things to make other people happy. But if I'm successful, I will be accepted. <laughs> Everybody likes to hang out with a winner. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. All I got to do 
is, is, is bring in Tom Brady and stand him here, and everybody want to get a picture with him. Why? Because he's a winner. But I could bring in another quarterback, I won't mention his name, and you go, you know who he plays for. Why? Because he's not a winner. It's amazing, isn't it? You know what's amazing? Yesterday, when Alabama was playing Arkansas, the quarterback for Alabama threw for five touchdowns, and he was the winner. The other quarterback threw, threw three touchdowns over 300 and some yards, and nobody remembers him. You know why? Because a winner is always accepted. Oh, I'm, They even create winner circles for them. I'm not looking for you to accept me. I just want to be so successful with what God has called me to do that you cannot resist me. And that's the way we should be in life. If we're going to live in the future mindset, in our lives, we should be so successful at what we do, they can't help but want to be with us. Even they don't like us, they still want to be with us because we're winners. Hmm. Let's move on. Wisdom. Wisdom is not, oh, it's not about knowledge. It's about administration. Wisdom is not about what you know. It's about being able to use what you know. God help the church get some wisdom because we're dumb as a sack of rocks. We act like we don't know how to pray. We act like we don't know how to minister. We get in situations that people, you know you have the answer and you don't give it to them because you think you don't know how to talk to them. The Bible says don't worry about how to talk to them. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. He will give you the words. He is the giver of wisdom. I'm spirit-led, not knowledge-led. I've had people that can quote the Bible to me that leads nobody to Christ. Sees no presence of God in their lives. But they can quote the Bible. I, when, when I was in college, when I was in, 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 in seminary, I used to go to the stockade and preach in the stockade there in Bartow, Florida. They had a guy there that was about six foot six. He, was, he, he looked like Mr. Universe. He was so built and, and so, and he, and he said, tell the preacher boy to come talk to me. So I go, thank God he's behind the fence. So I'm coming there talking to him. And he says, you he says, you know, my dad was a preacher. I said, that's great. I said, but you're behind in jail and I'm not. What happened? He said, let me quote. And he quoted to me the first three chapters of the book of Matthew. He says, can you do that? I said, no. He says, so I guess you don't know what you think you know. I said, I know what I know. And it's enough to keep me here because you don't know what you just said because you don't have enough to keep you out of there. It's called wisdom. Wisdom is always about administration. It's, listen, I would just rather know three verses if I've got the wisdom to operate in them. Come on, people. We need wisdom. Look at the next one. Giving. Giving's not about want. It's about creating value. Giving has nothing to do with what I want. It's about the value that I can create. That's what giving is. 
If I can give you my time and my talent and my energy, as well as economically, I can bless you, and, and that makes you feel like you're somebody, then God said, it's going to come back to me, pressed down, shaking together, running over. It's not that I want it. It's just that I can't get away from it. Where are you going? I'm running. Where are you running? Well, it's following me. What's following you? Goodness and mercy following me all the days of my life. Why is it following you? Because I'm a giver. What are you looking for? Don't worry about it. I just got to be careful here. See, we don't live that way. Most of us, we look over our shoulder, not for the good things trying to catch us. <laughs> but for the things we're trying to hide from. And get away from because we did something we shouldn't have done. But I learned a long time ago. I will command these blessings to come upon you. I will lead you to the still water so you can rest. I'll put you in the pasture where you can be at peace. I'll prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. The rod and staff, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God is going to comfort you and take care of you. Your cup's going to run over, which is, by the way, the word cup there in the original text is money bag. Your money will run over. See, most people, the Lord's my shepherd, I want, and we get to the board, my cup right over. You know what you're thinking? You think you got some kind of water or wine coming out of that cup. No, 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 he says money. Yeah. I know some of you are saying, oh, I wish my money bag run over. <laughs> Wait, why don't you get it? Why don't you be led by the Lord? He's your shepherd, you shall not want. You let it catch you. Don't chase it. Giving is about making value, creating value wherever you go. I'm making sure this person is good. I'm making sure this situation is a better situation. When I leave a thing, I've given so much to it that it's better. When I, when I leave the church, the church is better for me being there because I didn't come to take. I came to give. Let's go to the next one. I could spend a lot of time, but I don't want to do that. Prosperity is not about acquisition, but it's about creativity. It's not about what I acquire. It's about being creative. If I'm going to prosper, then that means i got to be creative. Prosper is, means that I'm going to walk in the favor of God and the success of God. And therefore, I've got to understand my prosperity is not about what I can acquire it's about my creativity. Why? Why? Because I'm a living witness. By my fruit, I shall be made known. I, I, I'm a vine that's got to produce uh, fruit on it. Or it's gonna, I'm going to be cut down. Men shall see my good works and glorify the God that I serve. Man, I got to stay creative. I can't. Nothing worse than being the same thing you were today as you were yesterday, or the day before, or the day before. Get some creativity in your life. Wow. Learn to prosper. Learn to feel good about yourself. Learn to change. <laughs> had a guy come to me a while back. He came and hadn't, hadn't seen me for years. In fact, he hadn't seen me since I was a youth pastor, which is a long time ago. And I didn't even recognize the guy. He looked older than me, which was even frightening. Didn't age well. And um, at the end of the service, he came to me and said, hey, man, he says, I can't believe the way you preach now. I said, do you think I was going to preach the way I did 20 years ago, 30 years ago? I hope to God I'm not preaching today the way I did three weeks ago. 
hope there's something creativity going on here. That something new's coming out of me here. Amen. I need to prosper, and I do it through creativity. I take hold of the future through being creative. Integrity, <laughs> not about popularity, is about your character. Blessed is a man that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. Christians are notorious for saying stuff they really don't mean. I, I was talking to someone the other day. We were, we were in uh, Bangor, Maine. We were speaking up there, and I was talking to, to one of the people there with, with uh, Pastor Matt Ward and his church, and we were talking to one of his key people, sharp guy, really good guy. And I said, listen, when you come down to Florida, give me a call. And I goes, okay. I said, no, look at me. I really mean that. This is not a just being nice. You know, when you come down and give me a call, <laughs> I'm not going to pick up. But you call. Because we say that all the time. Oh, why don't you come over? Oh, yeah, right, okay. Come on, look at you people. Character is to be honest with someone. Character is when you call me and you say, are you busy? And I go, no, I'm not busy, but I'm just not ready to talk right now. That's character. Christian lies is, man, I'm really busy. I'll call you later. I'm not going to call you later because I don't want to talk to you. But no, and then we wonder about our, wonder why we're not seeing God move. We're wondering why we're not seeing miracles of God. We're wondering why we're not, not seeing the blessing of the Lord. We're wondering why we're not winning our world with Christ. Because we don't have any character. We get in arguments in the parking lot. Love you, Jesus. You get in my space. I'm telling you right now, I'm knocking you out. You know what I'm talking about. We get upset at people in the church. They didn't say hi to me. They don't like you. That's what you think. They must not like me because they didn't say hi to me. Couldn't be their mind. Could be busy. Could be their own something else. Couldn't be any of that. It's just I know you don't like me. So I'm going to have to go talk to Stacy about you because I, she needs to know you don't like me and she's my friend and she'll side up with me. So now together we'll be against you. you gotta, I got to build my team. Not much of a message, but we're getting it, right? Integrity, it's not about popularity. It's about character. I'm not trying to be popular. But I'm trying to let you know that what you see is what you get all the time. That if you ask me this question today and you ask me a week from now, it's going to be the same answer. I'm not changing. I said I'm not changing when it comes to my character. Amen. Influence. <laughs> Influence is not about control, it's about motivation. Most people try and control. They try and control the circumstance. They try and control the situation. They try and control people. I don't want to control anybody. I just want to motivate people to be who God called them to be. And what I've learned about motivation is, is that if you really can motivate people, it's amazing how they have better ideas than you do. And you know why? Because you're so caught up in what you're trying to get into their lives that you can't think outside of that box. But when they get motivated, they can see things you can't see. So my job is to motivate, not to control. I, I don't, you know, and people come to me all the time, they say, what do you think I should do? I give up. 
what do you want to do? Don't you love it when they say that? Well, what do you think, Bishop? I, why are you asking? So you can go out and tell somebody if you mess up that Bishop told me to do that? No, 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 no. I take no credit. It's all on you, baby. <laughs> See, as a child of God, as, as a child of God, I need to motivate people. Because I, I believe this. I believe people have a lot more in them than we give them credit. I really do. I believe, I, I'm one of those people who really believe that whatever a person sets their mind to, if they're kingdom-minded and they set their mind to something, they can do it. They can perform it. I'm a firm believer in that. I'm a firm believer as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Purpose. It's not about answering questions. It's about meeting a need. Musicians come. It's not about answering a question. It's meeting a need. My purpose in life is to be a blessing. Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. And if I'm in Christ, then I'm Abraham's seed and heir according to that blessing. And I've been blessed to be a blessing. If all I do is get concerned about your need, you never get past your need. If you're going to meet somebody's need, after you've met it, then do something over and above on top of it. Don't leave them there just with their need met because you've left them need-oriented. We're so big in the church. Let's meet a need. If I'm going to help someone in their life, if they, no matter what it may be, making a car payment, meeting their need of the month does not solve the problem of the need. I'm not against helping somebody with that, but can you go further? Because I refuse. My God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, you need to get that verse correct. According to his riches and glory. According to his riches and glory. And God, by the way, supplies my need according to his riches because in glory there are no needs. And he supplies me not based upon him meeting my need, but based upon his riches. If I've got the ability to take you out of your need, why would I not do it? Whether it be spiritually, mentally, and sharing, whether it be, you know, a lot of times we'll talk to somebody and walk and we go, man, man, I feel so bad for them. Well, why don't you keep talking to them until you walk them through this mess? Don't leave them there. Don't, don't, don't put a Band-Aid on something and walk away. We've got to stop being need-motivated. Get, get it out of your system. Let's move beyond that.
Because I find this, that most people, that when they minister to people, oh, I'm, I'm about to get in trouble now, but I better go over in the middle. Not because there's anything wrong with y'all, but I just need to get in the middle so I can run out quick if something happens. <laughs> most people minister to people's needs because they want to feel good about themselves. I feel good because I helped somebody. Now, I didn't get them out of their need, but I felt good because I gave them something that helped them sustain their need a little bit longer. I don't help anybody because it makes me feel good. I feel good whether I help them or not. I, I'm one of those crazy people who believe that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm one of those crazy people that God loves me in spite of myself. I'm one of those crazy people that I believe that he blesses my coming in and going out. I'm one of those crazy people who knows that I'm a child of God. I'm just one of those crazy people that believe that this, my, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm one of these nutty people who actually believe that he will never leave me or forsake me. So I don't need to meet somebody else's need to feel good about myself. My friend, my friend Brother Reggie Scarborough in Lakeland, Florida, when his son Josh was growing up, he was a kind of overweight kid. Heavy. And so Reggie, he, he struggled with weight too, so he told Josh, you're riding down the road one day, and he says, listen, you and I are going to go on a diet. His son looked at him, he goes, really? He says, yeah. He, he says, well, why are we doing that, Dad? He says, because we're going to lose weight, we're going to get healthy, and we're going to feel good about ourselves. Josh looked over at his dad, and he goes, I feel pretty good about myself right now. I don't need to lose the weight. <laughs> it's hard to convince somebody to do something different when they already feel good about themselves. So I don't need to meet a need to feel good. I, need, I help people with their needs because that's my purpose. I'm designed for that. I am designed by God to meet needs. I'm creating his image and his likeness. I have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm to give. It'll be given back to me, pressed down, shaken together, running over good measure. In other words, whatever I sow is going to produce something made because that's who I am. Consequently, I don't need to do this to feel good. I need to do this so I can take you out of the mess you're in. It's about you. It's not about me. See, when I minister to needs, it's never about me. It's always helping that person get out of their circumstance where they no longer have a need. Oh, if we would begin to get this in our spirit, life would change in the church. Life would change for the believers. Life would change at Abundant Life. Life would change in South Florida. There's a group of people that are not concerned about anything but being who God created them to be. And they feel good about themselves. And when you get around them, they help you feel good about yourself. I don't ever want anybody to leave our church that don't feel good about themselves. That's why we close every service with God as a good God. God loves you. And God's going to bless you. But you don't understand. No, you don't understand. We're a people who are founded upon the core values and the principles of who our God is. Look at them, us, and see the glory of the Lord. 
when you go to the restaurant today, walk in, just say, as you walk in on your breath, say, everybody in here look and see the glory of the Lord because he's coming in with me. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. His glory is in earthen vessels. It's in me. Look at me. You know what we do? But I got this problem. I got that problem. I'm looking over my shoulder. I'm surrounded by my moments. Talk about what we don't have. Because we've got about the dreams that we should have. But when you begin to see yourself the way God sees you, it's never in the moment. He always sees you in the future. How do I know that? For you do not know what he shall, be, he shall look like when he shall appear, but you shall be like him. I'm in a process of looking God-like. You want to see God? Why not just mess somebody up? Look at the glory of the Lord. He says this, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transformation is metamorphosis. Let what's on the inside get on the outside. Oh, come on. And tell somebody, say, look at me. Come on, just say, look at me. Look at me. Look in the mirror and say, I see the glory. I see the glory. The glory of the Lord is in this house. He's in this place. Come on, church, celebrate the presence and power of a living God in this house tonight. Glory to God. He lives, and he lives in me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Come on, celebrate his presence. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the Abundant Life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and He wants to bless you.